Coming up next, the podcast of Ancient Roads, Real Israel Talk Radio, episode 20-5. What might be the first thing that comes to mind when we read in the Bible that someone has faith? What exactly does biblical faith look like? We'll study that on our podcast today. This is the podcast of Ancient Roads, Real Israel Talk Radio. Join us for the next hour as we explore and discover insights into the ancient Jewish and Hebraic ways of understanding and interpreting the Bible's lessons and narratives. Now, here's our host, Avi Ben Mordechai. Welcome to the podcast of Ancient Roads. Real Israel Talk Radio. Today we're going to go down into the path of Hebraic faith. What is faith? Well, I would like each of us to have a look at the concept, the idea of faith, as one might have understood it between man and Yehovah or Yudhe or as some say, God. Consider that Yeshua. Paul, and many of the biblical orators and writers of that generation were of Israelite Hebrew extraction. If you will, they were Jews. And I think that uh, we should start with learning about faith as it was understood in their generation as they understood it from biblical Hebrew. So let's get started and begin by looking at two New Testament words that tend to become muddied in the overall interpretation of the biblical narratives that involve faith. And uh, the words are simply faith and trust. And we use both of them in everyday speech. The Hebrew letters that we're referring to are Aleph, Mem, and Nun. And if you'd like, go ahead and pull out some kind of a graphic chart of some sort and have a look at what these letters look like from the old Hebrew block letters. Aleph, Mem, and Nun, as they are uh, uh, written and understood, reading from right to left. They are grouped together. These three letters of the Hebrew root Aleph, Mem, Nun uh, refer to a master teacher or a trainer, perhaps even a trainee or an artisan or craftsman. And for this, you can look at Deuteronomy 7.10 and Numbers 14.11. Numbers 14.11. In my understanding, faith and trust are not interchangeable terms directly. Now, indirectly, yes, you could interchange them. When I say indirect, I mean they both have similar ideas, but faith in Hebraic thought, that is the Aleph, Mem, Nun root, from which we get the word Amen or Amen, when you say Amen, brother, Amen, sister, that's from the same root, 
Aleph Mem Nun. The word trust is a word that we're familiar with in everyday English, okay? And the three letters that comprise this particular root that gives us the English word trust, those letters from right to left are bait, tet, and chet. When you group those together, it comes out as it does in Isaiah 30, verse 15. Isaiah 30, verse 15. And this is the idea of confidence, trustworthiness, certainty, and security. Now, I do think that the word trust, or in Hebrew, bet, tet, chet, can be, um, you know, a, 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 an offshoot. It, it, can, it can give us that idea of faith. Because when you do believe or trust or you have confidence in someone or something, it could be said that, you know, that you have uh, a sense of, uh, of trusting faith, which is something that you're, you're looking at someone or looking at something and you are being trained by it or by him or by her. You are being trained. You are a trainee. But also at the same time, when you have this idea, you are also a teacher. You're being a teacher, a master teacher to someone because you're giving them an example how to trust and how to walk in confidence, okay? This is really what it's all about, but I want to take it even deeper. So let's take a look at faith as it is often understood today in everyday parlance for the English language. Now, in reality, the biblical Hebraic perspective for the word faith, also translated as belief, has a real distinct meaning in biblical Hebrew. However, when people generally use the word faith or belief, oftentimes they are speaking of faithfully accepting a set of religious doctrines, but also having trust in a certain person or a certain thing, maybe someone or something that is trustworthy or even worthy of our believing in such a thing. And it seems to me that the terms faith, or if you want to say belief and trust, have kind of merged in their meanings over time. And uh, sadly, I think the result uh, has mostly obscured the beautiful depth of theology that supports that overall message of the gospel or what is called the good news of the New Testament. We'll take a look at those ideas of good news, new covenant, new testament on another podcast, okay? Let's look right now at one example of the problem that we're facing. And for this, I have chosen Mark 9, 23 through 24. Mark 9, 23 through 24, as uh, 
it generally might be understood today. Now, here it is in or from the New King James English. It's rendered from the Greek. Here is Yeshua speaking this word. If you can believe all things are possible to him who believes. And immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Master, I believe. Help my unbelief. Now what I've read to you is kind of how I'm reading it from the Greek um, language. I'm not a Greek scholar. I don't know Greek very well. In fact, practically not at all. But I have tools that will give me a general idea about where the text is going, how it kind of presents itself. So that's what I gave you in the way I read that. But here now is what I want to give you as what I think or how I think it could be or is generally interpreted today. Again, Mark 9, 23 through 24. Here again, Yeshua is saying, if you can only trust me, you can do anything if you are able to show trust. All things are possible. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Master, I trust that what you say is true. Help me, though, because I'm having a problem, a difficulty in trusting you because I don't trust. That's kind of how it might be interpreted today or how we might understand uh, that particular uh, story. But I don't think based on the Hebrew and based on the understanding of how the Hebrew root system works and the pictographs of the Hebrew language, I don't think Yeshua is specifically addressing it with that kind of a mindset, or perhaps I could say that kind of a heart set. Now, I want to talk about faith as it should be understood today, at least as I think it should be understood today. It doesn't make me right. It doesn't make me the authority on any language. I'm not a linguist. All I'm doing is giving you a general you know, a flow, an idea of kind of how I'm looking at it based on kind of an ancient Jewish or Hebraic way of thinking about these ideas as they derive from the Hebrew scriptures and the Hebrew culture of the day. That's all I want to do. So let's take a look at faith as it could be understood from those times in Yeshua's day. Again, the English term faith is translated from the Hebrew term Emuna, Emuna, or Emuna, as some might say. Emuna, or Emuna, is spelled Aleph, Mem, Vav, Nun, He. Aleph, Mem, Vav, Nun, He. Now, the root goes back to the three letters Aleph, Mem, Nun, or Nun Sofit. 
Okay, that's an ending letter. There are five of them in the Hebrew language. But there are 22 Hebrew letters. Aleph, Mem, and Nun. And once again, the group letters Aleph, Mem, and Nun are referred to in Hebraic thought as a shoresh. A shoresh, that is, a root or a source. Now, when vowels are added to the root, then we are given many words with a broader sense of meaning, ideas that will always be related to each other. And to give you an example, let's say I gave you uh, three letters in English using the English language, okay? Let's say I gave you a uh, S, H, and a P. S, H, and P. What kind of words can you make from those three consonants? You can make ship, shape, shop, sheep. I mean, there's four of them. So I would ask the question, what does ship, shape, shop, and sheep have in common? What commonality do those words share with a general basic core meaning or idea? Really, they don't. They're different words, all stemming from the same uh, English consonant. But not so in Hebrew. In Hebrew, when you have Aleph, Mem, and Nun, it's going to give us a lot of other words that share a common core meaning. So therefore, when you put the vowels to it, all of the words that come out of those consonants, they're going to share a similar understanding, a similar core meaning. So I'm going to give you some additional uh, um, depth of understanding for these three letters, Aleph, Mem, and Nun, the uh, consonants, okay? Let's add some vowels to it and see what happens. Emun is training. Uman is a craftsman or a specialist someone who is specializing in a particular craft. Amon, again, a craftsman or an artisan. Aman, an artist, a master, a master workman. Amun, that's someone who is trained, someone who is educated. Amen. That's uh, an idea of certainty, something enduring, lasting, eternal, a kind of so be it. Well, that's a confidence kind of word. But you see, I think this amen is related to these other ideas of training and craftsman and artisan, master workman, because we are affirming that truth that someone is acting as or in the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the position or in the function of an artist or an educator or a trainer or is being trained or is being taught or is being educated. Follow me? 
So the general idea of the root Aleph, Mem, and Nun is that of one who is trained by the lessons of a master trainer, perhaps even a mentor, a tutor, a craftsman, an artisan, someone who is really good at what they do. In other words, the idea of biblical Hebraic faith as Jehovah teaches it in his word is that of a verb, an action, not a mental acuity, not something that's just in your head and you go, well, I have faith. Now, this is about an action. It's a verb describing one who is being trained or is a trainer or teacher of one who is to be trained for the purpose of copying. So we can say that Aleph Mem Nun, that is Amen or Amen or Imun or however you want to put the vowels, it's the concept of being trained, or if you will, it's the concept of making a faithful copy of what you see. Making a faithful copy of what you are seeing, what you are looking at. So to possess emuna or faith in the Bible, it means to make a faithful copy of someone by steadfastly watching the master trainer. Watch and see how they do things. And uh, this one always learns to make a faithful copy of what he or she is looking at or seeing when he emulates the trainer in much the same way that an artist will paint a portrait of what he or she might be looking at in a person who might be modeling for him or her. So we might say that A is mentoring B and B is copying A. All this forms the basis for the biblical Hebraic concept of the word faith. And, you know, even today... In everyday Israeli life, if you go out to a restaurant, you might see a waiter or a table server giving on-the-job training to one who is following in the shadow of his teacher. So, in Hebrew, the one being trained and taught how to copy his teacher's actions is referred to in Hebrew as imun, imun, okay? The teacher who is training his student is referred to as the meuman, the meuman, the trainer. So if I'm learning from someone who's training me, I'm going to be the imun, and the person training me is the meuman, well, in a similar way, let's say I'm training someone underneath me. Then I'm the meuman, and that person is the imun. Notice it's coming from the same root, aleph memnun, from which we get the word faith. 
That's because both words are related to the root emuna or emuna, the word for faith. This is really, really important. And it's something that we don't want to get confused from the intellectual pursuit of just looking at something and saying, oh, well, I have faith. I believe. I think in doing that, we end up confusing that with the other idea that is called betach, bet, tet, chet, betach. For example, you might say something to me uh, of a confident nature, something, and I will uh, respond and I will say, betach, betach, yes, confident, surety, I get it, yeah, I agree with you 100%. That's the idea of betach, but faith is going to be an action, not so much an idea of the mind. That's the verbal action of putting confidence into motion. Putting confidence into motion. Okay? That is the idea of faith. Therefore, when we go back and look at Judges 7.17, this is the story of that great uh, Hebrew warrior Gidon or Gideon, you remember when he had to show uh, 300 men under his command what he wanted them to do? Go back and look at the text in Judges 7.17. When he went and he showed them how to do something, he said something very specific. He said, look at me and do likewise. Watch. And when I come in, to the edge of the camp, you will do as I do. In Hebrew, we have a term. It's called acharai. Acharai. Follow me. Follow me. You know, sometimes I'll be uh, uh, near or around a uh, construction site or something where there is a road crew working on something and they have, um, you know, they have the, the, the road blocked off. You know, and you're, you're sitting in your car waiting in this long line, waiting to get past uh, all of the construction because there's only one lane and the uh, road workers have to block it off to keep the traffic flowing in, in the two directions, right? So they'll have a follow me truck. And the follow me truck has the little sign on the back that says, follow me. And then when the time comes, they open up the road and the lead truck, the follow me truck, they start moving forward and you follow them. Okay, that, that's the general idea that we're looking at here. Of course, we're not copying uh, an action necessarily, but in a sense, we're saying, okay, we'll do the action of driving along and following you. So whatever speed, whatever the driver does, whatever uh, uh, turns he's making, etc., we're making a faithful copy of that by doing that. And many of you, you know, you, you understand this idea. I know you do. Because when we start new jobs, those of us that start new jobs, we will have a trainer oftentimes to train us and teach us in how to do that job. We shadow our teacher. And the same goes when we are training a person, 
uh, to take over a job perhaps that we're doing. We become the trainer or master craftsman and uh, the specialist, and we're teaching the person who is being trained, we're teaching them how to do it. So they're making a faithful copy of us. That's the idea of emuna or faith. They have faith in us. So we could say they are faithing us. It's an action. In the same way that I could say I'm faithing someone else. That's an action. So this all applies in our spiritual walk because we are faithing Yeshua in the same way that Yeshua faithed the Father. He copied the Father. We'll come back to this idea when we come to the second half of our program here, our podcast of Ancient Roads Real Israel Talk Radio. Stay with us. We'll take a quick break and be right back. You are listening to Avi Ben Mordechai and the podcast of Ancient Roads, Real Israel Talk Radio, episode 20-5. Welcome back to the podcast of Ancient Roads, Real Israel Talk Radio. Join us as we continue to explore and discover insights into the ancient Jewish and Hebraic ways of understanding and interpreting the Bible's lessons and narratives. Once again, here's your host. Okay, let's continue where we left off before we took our quick break. And we're talking about the root, the Hebrew root, Aleph, Mem, and Nun. The word in Hebrew that gives us the English term faith. So we were talking about Gideon or Gidon in Judges 7, 17. He had about 300 men under his command, and he wanted to show them what he wanted them to do. And the best way to show them was simply to say, follow me, do as I do. Acharai, acharai in Hebrew. Do as I do. Watch me. Pay attention. Do as I do. And many of you, you know, you you understand this idea. I know you do. Because when we start new jobs we will have a trainer oftentimes to train us and teach us in how to do that job. We shadow our teacher. And the same goes when we are training a person uh, to take over a job perhaps that we're doing. We become the trainer or master craftsman and uh, the specialist, and we're teaching the person who is being trained We're teaching them how to do it. So they're making a faithful copy of us. That's the idea of emuna or faith. They have faith in us. So we could say they are faithing us. It's an action. In the same way that I could say I'm faithing someone else. That's an action. So this all applies in our spiritual walk because we are faithing Yeshua. In the same way that Yeshua faithed the Father. He copied the Father, and we're copying Him. Therefore, all the shadows and images that we follow in order to understand who Yeshua was, who He is, what He came to do, to understand those ideas, we have to exercise the action of faith. We have to faith Him, copy Him, learn and see what He's doing. That's the whole idea 
of this faithing principle in our spiritual walk. And that's why we have the shadows and the metaphors of the Torah. So if we cancel the Torah, yeah, if we cancel the Torah, if someone says, well, we're not under the Torah law anymore, we don't have to do Moses, we don't have to do any of those laws, friends, that's horrifying. Because that's saying, I don't need to be trained by anybody. I can do it myself. Yeah, that's exactly what we're saying. I don't need to be trained. Don't train me. Get your hands off me. I'll do it myself. I can figure it out. Yehovah says, no, you can't. I need to show you how I want things done. Therefore, he shows us how to faith him by keeping, guarding, putting into practice, putting into that experience the laws, the teachings, the commands, the instructions of the kingdom of heaven's law, which is called the Torah. It's that simple. So we do Torah in order to understand how to faith Yeshua how to faith our Father in heaven, how to faith and practice through our actions that which he wants us to do in order to copy him, to make a faithful copy of Messiah in us, the hope of glory. That is the concept we're trying to get home here. I want to drive it home. It's not just simply a mental exercise to say, well, I believe in something. No, far, far different. So again, let's go back and take a look at Judges 7.17 with Gidon or Gideon. Remember, he said to his 300 men underneath his command, look at me and do likewise. Watch. And when I come to the edge of the camp, do as I do. So with a similar teaching, the writer of the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verses 1 through 2, he instructs us with these words, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Yeshua, the author and finisher of our faith, the author and finisher of our faith. You see that? He's the one that's training us through the shadows, the images, the metaphors, the instructions of the Torah, everything we read about in what he said, what he did in the Brihadashah, the New Testament, everything we read about and understand in Hebrew scripture from Genesis all the way to Chronicles, Second Chronicles. We're looking at understanding how to faith our Father in heaven the way he wants to be faithed. So let's go to Matthew 16, 24. Matthew 16, 24. Then Yeshua said to his disciples, now listen, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself 
and take up his cross or his tree and follow me. There's the idea of acharai, the idea of faith. Take up the tree, take up the cross, and acharai, follow me. So the biblical Hebraic meaning of faith is not so much about believing and trusting someone or something as though it were a mental exercise. No, it's more about an action of being trained by a master teacher in order to become a faithful representation or a faithful copy of the trainer or the teacher in the same way that you would do it if someone were trained under you to do your job. Given this biblical understanding of faith, I want to now revisit the narrative of Mark 9, 23 through 24. Now this time, however, permit me to present what I believe might be the more appropriate Hebraic idea in the dialogue. Again, from the New King James English translation that we render from the Greek, here is Yeshua speaking. If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Master, I believe, help my unbelief. So you can see, you know, you can see from the way people walk in this spiritual New Testament journey. You can see that we have this idea that this is all about a mental, intellectual, brainiac exercise. Well, if I can just believe, if I can just think hard enough and squeeze it out of me, then I don't have to have unbelief. I can have belief. And it's all going up here in the head. And this is not the Hebraic understanding of the idea. That is just a bunch of intellectual stuff. And we don't need that. That's not what we're after. We're after actions. So I have kind of paraphrased the concepts uh, based on the Hebraic understanding of faith and belief. So here's how I'm putting it if I were to you know, paraphrase it in my own, my own understanding, my own words, okay? Yeshua, he would be saying something like this. If you are willing to receive the lesson that I want to show you and teach you, then both you and your son will experience a complete healing from the spiritual corruption that dwells in you and in all mankind, inherited from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the Garden of Eden. Immediately, the father of the child cried out, and he said with tears, he said with tears, Master, I want 
to be trained to see life's evils, life's corruptions, life's issues and problems as you see them. Help me. Teach me. Because you know that I do not perceive life's evils as you see them. Because you understand the root cause of all of our troubles. You understand them. And I'm having trouble connecting to that concept, to that idea. In other words, I want to be like you. I do. But I need your help because I recognize that I am far from being like you. I am far from understanding and appreciating the problem that has been transmitted down to us from the narrative of Genesis chapter 3. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil versus the tree of life. Or in Hebrew, the Etzadato Verah versus the Etzahaim. So I think this more accurately defines the biblical idea of faith and what hinders each of us in our numerous helpless situations. So like the man of Mark 9:24 who fundamentally said, well, I want to be trained to perceive life's evils as you do. I want to be trained and understand and, and learn how you think and to perceive life's corruptions and the issues and the problems as you do. I want that. Oh, oh help me because I don't understand it. I don't perceive it. I don't get it. I don't seem to understand what's going on here of all these evils and these corruptions as you see them. The issue is, folks, we will always have struggles. All of us. We will always have struggles between the redeemed spirit nature in our new redeemed man, the inner man, the new person, the new creature inside you, and the corrupted flesh nature that is in our old fleshly man because we haven't yet experienced the resurrection that is going to come at the end of the days that will transform this lowly state that we're in into a glorious state. That's true. That's coming. But until we arrive at that location, until we arrive at that place, well, we have to struggle. We have to go and battle with a war on a daily basis. And our redeemed spirit nature in that new redeemed man or woman that you are, fighting, battling, struggling, wrestling with that corrupted Genesis chapter 3 flesh nature that happened because of that DNA entanglement to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because of all of that, which gives us our fleshly man, the not-so-spiritual man, 
the not-so-spiritual person, the one on the outside that is just doing things so contrary to Yehovah and contrary to his word that we just don't get it. And you and I both know this is the essence of Paul's theology in Romans chapters 7 and 8. Oh, go read it. Go read it again and again and again. This is the essence of Paul's theology. This is what Paul was talking about. Oh, I do what I don't want to do. And that what I don't want to do, I do. Why am I doing this? I hate this. Ah. Well, I get it. This is the Genesis 3 conundrum. This is what happened when Adam and his woman, Hava Eve, ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the Etzadato Vira. Yes, they ate from it. And when they did, they became one with that tree. And in doing so, they became corrupted. Their DNA, and I mean physical deoxyribonucleic acid. Yes, the physical DNA inside your chromosomes, the billions of them, I believe they became corrupted physically and spiritually. Hence, if we do not get disentangled from that tree, there is no way, no way that I know of that Yehovah, that Yahweh can and will allow us an entry into the kingdom of heaven. He cannot because he doesn't allow for anything of that tree to penetrate his holy, separate, set-apart kingdom. He won't do it. Okay? This is very, very important. This is why we need Yeshua. This is why we need his work. And we're going to talk more about this in the upcoming podcast. I'm going to explain the way I would understand it, because this is the whole essence of what happened with me when I came home. Hence, the ministry that I'm running now is coming home. I've come home. I understand some things that I've just never, never in the life of me would have understood this way back in the 1990s, in the early 2000s, even up into the mid-2000s and into about 2017. I just never understood it, folks. And I feel so grateful to our Father in Heaven that He would show me about myself, the stuff that I just didn't understand. I spent so many years walking and living as though the Torah, the written Torah of Moses, was my soul and my total focus. Remember what Yeshua said. Remember what he said. He said in the book of Yochanan, he said to the Purushim, the religious leaders of his day, you search the scriptures. That's the Hebrew scriptures. And you think that in them... You have eternal life. And he said, No, nah, it is that teaching which bears witness of me. 
They speak of me. So when we do Torah, our focus should be on him. This is not a faith about the Torah. It's a faith about the Messiah, the Torah. It's not doing Torah. It's doing Messiah. It's doing Yeshua. And in the process of doing Yeshua, we do Torah to learn how to faith him, how to follow him. That's the whole purpose for why we are here and what we're doing and what we're showing others or trying to show others. This is the whole issue, folks. So we conclude, I conclude, that a person of faith is one who is being trained by the master teacher, by the master trainer. We're being trained. How? We're being trained to learn how to approach life's pains and life's hardships and all the stuff that life throws at us, the curveballs, by receiving Messiah in our new inner man, the redeemed man, the redemptive issue is what we're talking about. And then in that redemption, putting on Messiah's face, in the midst of all of our troubles, all of our difficulties, or yes, even all of our joys, all of our sorrows, all of life's everything. We put him on. This is the basis for Yaakov and his words, or James and his teaching in Yaakov or James 2.18. It's an action, not an intellect. Here it is. Someone will say, you have faith, and I have works. That is, you have some kind of intellectual experience, but I have actions. Show me your faith without your works, without your actions, and I will show you my copying, my faith, by my actions, by my works. We'll come back to this particular subject and continue on to understand the concept of being saved by grace through faith. That'll be on our next podcast when we return on our study, okay? This is so important because when we are faithing Yeshua, when we are faithing the Master, we are copying Him. We're making a faithful copy of what we are looking at. We are following, or perhaps I could say, we are desiring to follow and put into practice our study of the roadmap, the Mosaic Law, the Torah. That's the roadmap to our grace. That is the roadmap to our grace. Follow, do, keep the Torah, but not in order to get his approval, Yah's approval. No, it's to show him that we already are approved. We're not seeking to be approved. We're seeking to show him 
by what he has done for us already, that we are approved. This action of keeping and guarding Torah is to show a response that we are redeemed, not that we would desire to get redeemed. We are redeemed by our copying function. So faith becomes a copier. You're my rock, my refuge, my antique God. Oh Lord, you are my hiding place. You're my strength and my weakness, my antique God. There is shelter in your love's embrace. You're my rock, my refuge, my antique One who has faith is one who has a built-in program running called the copy function. Copy and paste, copy and paste, copy and paste. That is the idea. You're my rock, my refuge, mighty God. Oh Lord, you are my hiding place. Let's pick up with this idea the next time on Ancient Roads, Real Israel, Talk Radio.